The following podcast contains explicit language. Before I even left town, I switched my location on Tinder to Chicago, and I started swiping. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm looking for a serious relationship. So how could that begin when you're traveling to another city on a podcast mission? I was there for our second of three live shows made possible by Bonobos, which is what you're going to hear on today's show. So while I was in Chicago, I matched with this guy and we started messaging. I showed his photo to my producer. We were in love. And I was like, how can I do this show and not hang out with him? So we came up with a plan, which you're going to hear all about in a moment. But first, let's start the show. This is YOY. I'm Andrea Salenzi. And you guys might not know this about me, but I have Chicago roots. So um, shout out to my second cousin. <laughs> shout out to my stepbrother's ex-girlfriend. <laughs> shout out to the guy I hooked up with in 2013. So then I did a slideshow of Tinder screenshots. Profiles where instead of uploading a photo of their own faces, the guys elected to just upload a photo of their bikes instead. There are a lot of single bikes here. (laughs) Single bikes who love to go to the waterfront. (laughs) Single bikes that listen to WBEZ. Single bikes that have dogs. Another trope I noticed were references to the beer culture. Want to meet a single guy, just go to a brewery, and they're all taking selfies somewhere inside of there. Guys like to tell you what they've been drinking, as if like learning what he's drinking is like going to make or break our potential. So like, if he listed a sour, would I still love him? I don't know. <laughs> and maybe that's why the guy I matched with was standing out to me. I showed his profile to the audience, him posing in a record store with a baby in one hand and Taylor Swift's 1989 LP in the other. Next photo, he's dressed like Luke from Gilmore Girls. Next photo, he's hanging out with a dog in a tuxedo. So now it was my time to reveal my plan to trick him and other guys that we could lure from Tinder into bonobos. So if anyone here dates men, please take out your phones and we are going to woo someone from internet dating into the store. The the first guy who we can convince to come to the store is going to win a free shirt from Bonobos. So let me just show you how it's done. I opened up my phone, showed the metal t-shirt guy's profile to the audience. Come on, how cute is that? So this is my example message. Like, this is weird, but I'm inside of a Bonobos guide shop. They're giving away a free shirt to the first guy we can get here. Do you think you can get here before 9 p.m.? If so, I want to meet you and hook you up with a free shirt. And then I click send. Closed my phone. Stayed hopeful. And while I wondered if my guy would come to the store, other audience members sent notes to their guys. And we all hoped that a guy from the internet would show up at the store. And uh, while we waited, it was time for me to begin my opening monologue. It's a story about my mom. The summer when I left for college, my family moved to the Chicago suburbs. And that's where my parents were living when they got divorced. 
So when I think about dating in Chicago, I usually think about my mom, who at the age of 50 was suddenly out there again. And at the time, she ran into a friend who was also going through a separation, and the two of them teamed up and decided to go together to a speed dating event. So you sit down, and some other person sits down across the table from you. Mom, I know what speed dating is. And you make small talk. And this was in the martini room of Villa Verone in Geneva, Illinois. And when I picture the kind of middle-aged guys who show up to go speed dating, they all look the same. It's a room full of George Costanzas, all wearing collared shirts, curving out over bellies, tucked into khaki pants. George Costanza wondering how he can date my mom. And the first two guys who sat down asked her typical questions like, where do you live? What do you do for a living? It was basically a job interview. But then the third guy sat down. He had a different technique. He looked at me and said, so what do you like to do? Someone had told George to ask a woman about her interests. My mom had only prepared for the job interview. And I kind of thought, well, I like, and then all of a sudden I realized I, I didn't have an end to the sentence. Well, what kind of music do you listen to? Well, I, what movies do you go to? Um, I had absolutely no idea how to answer that question. And that's when she realized. You can't start dating until you can answer that question. If this had been who wants to be a millionaire, and my mom had the option to phone a friend and call me, Andrea, who's away at college, I wonder what I would have said. Um, gosh, uh, what does my mom do for fun? Uh, is it asking if I've made any friends yet? Oh, no, wait, you know what she really loves to do? She loves to take me clothing shopping when I come home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> wait, 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 no, this is it, this is it. My mom is really into hearing where the campus laundry facilities are in relation to my dorm room. Is that it? Is that it? George was confused. He was used to women lying and saying that they love going on the architecture tour. They love watching the Blackhawks. They love visiting craft breweries. And instead, my mom was busy making an epiphany face. You really have to think about it, and you realize as you, you look around, children are grown. I can make my life what I want it to be. I'd always assumed that, heralded by my birth, my mom's internal life had started to effortlessly prioritize her family, like a giant internal switch that was suddenly set to wife-mother. As George moved over to the next table, my mom headed home alone, still thinking. And so that's kind of one of those moments where you say, you know, you're at a, the proverbial fork in the road, and you get to choose your path. So while I was off at college chasing down boys with the best taste in indie rock music and submitting my poetry to literary magazines, my mom started trying to find herself, too. I think that was the night that she flipped her switch back into the first position. The next thing that my girlfriend and I kind of stumbled into was something called Meetup. Meetup was founded in 2002, and one of the site's co-founders said he started it after noticing how New Yorkers came together after 9-11. He wanted to use the internet to help strangers find community. The site famously helped the Howard Dean campaign take off in Iowa, and it is still a tool for political campaigns, coders, networkers. There's meetup groups for people who like to play board games, and meetup groups for moms who go jogging with their toddlers. Meetups for shamans, meetups for ferret owners, meetups for people who practice naked yoga. 
and we stumbled into a meetup group that was just called, I don't know, West Suburban Dinner, Dancing, and I don't know what it was. When my mom told me she was hanging out with people from the internet, I got worried. Not about the dinner and the dancing, but about the whatever it was. And it was actually run by a married couple. There are lots of people from the internet that you don't want your mom to meet up with. <laughs> when we talked on the phone, she gushed like a better college student than I was. She had all these new friends, friends with nice cars who own nice homes, friends who instead of complaining about their parents were complaining about their teenagers, friends who could legally buy alcohol. We didn't go expecting to meet people. It was not a dating venue. It was really so single people could be with other single people. Facebook alert, your mom's at Taste of Chicago. Your mom checked into the House of Blues. Your mom's learning about camping. The revelation on that trip was how much alcohol gets consumed by people around a campfire. <laughs> I had no idea. My mom made more friends in West Suburban Dinner and Dancing Something Club than I probably made in all of college. And the group expanded to be over 1,500 people. And Meetup is also how my mom fell in love. It started when a group of us started going to this crazy line dance place where we sat and stared at the people and didn't understand a thing and went out and did, you know, the electric slide and the Cupid shuffle and kind of laughed our way through the night. And then the following week, my girlfriend called me up and she goes, you know, that was pretty silly, but let's go again. Country line dancing. My mom fell in love with country line dancing. <laughs> and if she hadn't found this thing that she loves to do for fun, she never would have fallen in love on the dance floor. That's where I met my wonderful partner, his name's Fred. And he's my life partner and my dance partner. And now I take dance classes, we work with a professional coach, and we still dance three nights a week. That's how you go from George Costanza to Fred Astaire. My mom and Fred are here tonight. Will you guys dance for us? <laughs> And then they started dancing. I actually called my mom today to find out what this was like for her. I just was overwhelmed with emotions at that moment. It was a combination of feeling so proud of you and just remembering how important all of this has been for me and Fred and kind of being overwhelmed with feelings for him and for you all at the same time. It was, it was a very emotional moment. Honey, I'm tougher than So for the podcast listeners who can't see what you were doing, what are those dance moves? You start off, you're kind of swaying together rhythmically in each other's arms, kind of almost like a spooning. And then you sort of do a shuffle forward, shuffle back, then you reverse So she could describe this all day, but for me, it just looked like some fancy grinding with a few spins, forward, some footwork. Do a turn called stationary cha-cha, which just sounds like a ridiculous name. Sort of is a euphemism sometimes. Okay. Isn't that kind of a euphemism for... So that's what you guys missed. My mom 
doing the stationary cha-cha in front of our entire audience. My mom and her partner, Fred. guy coming here. Are there any guys on the way? Is anyone here from the internet? Wait, I thought dating was easy. The audience looked back at me, blank stares. It was obviously time to bring out our guests. All right, so joining me now on stage, I'd like to welcome two incredible comedians, who happen to be best friends with the same last name. Peter Kim is a comedian, a writer, an actor with credits including The Second City, CISO Shrink, and NBC's Chicago Justice. Come on up, Peter. Hello. Anji Kim is a writer for Cards Against Humanity and can be seen performing improv at IO Chicago. And most importantly, together these two host the Ajima Podcast. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Perfect Nobody response for that. <laughs> that's the appropriate response. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. So tell us what Ajima means. Oh, it's a Korean word for an older woman with a lot of sass. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's no, like, English equivalent for it, aside from maybe... Like, um, auntie. Yeah. That's an I, English I, word. Yeah, but it's like, it's an ethnic idea. That's true, yeah. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for hooking me up with these clothes, Bonobos. Yeah. I don't usually look this fresh. He doesn't. <laughs> wow, that was quick. <laughs> thank you for that. But yeah, doesn't this look good? It's so good. Where are you going to wear it? What's uh, the plan? Oh, I am going to be... I, I requested to be uh, styled for a casual yet formal event that I'm officiating, which is two of my friends getting married. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I think the pocket squirt, the little flamingos, just, I mean, that means everlasting love. Yeah, just in case, like, straight women are like, he looks good. Yeah, and I'm like, back off. <laughs> Not the right game, but thank you for playing. <laughs> now, I love a, lo- a love story. You guys are best friends. How did you find each other? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, smoking outside of a comedy club? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Probably grumbling about having a bad set to each other and we saw each other's eyes and we're like, she gets it. And I said, she looks like she does bad sets. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, that's too raw right now. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry I went there. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just rare to see another Asian person. And that's right. I have like a homing device yeah. for <laughs> other, other Asians that are doing comedy. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot of us. And so there's something in It's just Unji and Margaret Cho. So yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Her, or yeah. Did. Yeah. yeah, we did. Yeah, we both did. Yeah, I was really creepy. He I could. I've, I've been a fan for a long time. I, it was. Uh, she was like Bart Simpson to me, uh, as in uh, my parents didn't let me watch Bart Simpson or The Simpsons or Margaret Cho mm-hmm. because she thought uh, they were both. Um, I don't know. There's like a weird sentiment inside the Korean American community at the time that American Girl came out that it was somehow. a Reflecting badly. Yeah. I'm, I think my mom used the term demonic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't like aligning with good Christian values. No. Yeah. But it, it just made her all the more fascinating. Yeah. That's why I was like, I always thought of her as like porn, you know, like, mm-hmm. ooh, I'm not allowed to watch this, but like, I got it. Yeah, I, I have to. <laughs> 
so you saw her, and and she just hugged you, and it was a, it was a match made in heaven. Peter well, insisted that she hug us. I drag I drag her. I dragged her to hug me, and she was like, "Oh, stop!" And uh, She's it was tiny awkward. in person. She's yeah. so small. Yeah. Yeah. So, Angie, how'd you meet your husband? Oh, house party, just being loud. What'd you say on your first date? Oh, I accused him of trying to rape me. <laughs> And then we didn't see each other for six months, but he ultimately came back because this is irresistible. <laughs> I mean, there's actually a term for it in like the pickup artist like world about co- like peacocking, you know? So if you're like the loudest and most obnoxious, ladies, yeah, uh, perhaps it might work out. <laughs> it likely won't. Don't follow any of this advice, please. Yeah, she really lucked out. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, but it was just a house party, and it was just. I mean, he he insisted. When was the moment where you're like, oh, I know? I will say that in the course of that initial meeting, he would say that he knew. You know this if you've gone on a second date with someone, there's a moment where shit clicks. And it is, uh, right, it is indescribable beyond anything. It's not just a pull in the loins, which is always important. Um, And that's a tingle that... Yeah. Is ready to mingle. Yeah, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. But aside from that, there's sort of an intellectual click that is beyond sort of any other sort of science or algorithm. And yeah, that's what happened. I I wish I was more articulate about it, but that's it. (laughs) Peter, when did you know with your boyfriend? It was like a hot day like today. It was last, oh no, two years ago. And we were at this um, house show. There's a lot of house shows and like alternative spaces for comedy here in Chicago. And he was standing there. He looks like just like a tall, beautiful, blonde twink. He is so attractive. I mean, ridiculous. Yeah. I, sometimes I still ask, like, is this a trick? Like, what's going on? Is this a long con? Um, yeah. Are there I'm abs? In for Are it. there yeah. abs involved here? So many abs. Like, I've stopped counting. And <laughs> it, he had his abs out. And I was just like, I was with my girlfriend, Katie. And I was like, Katie, look at this guy. <gasps> How dare he stand there looking so beautiful in front of all these disgusting comedians and it, like because most comics are like hairy and swarthy and just like look gross and uh, he was standing there looking like a Roman god and I was like ugh enough of this I can't I can't take that of course I was just like gaga for him but I just like wanted to act like coy <laughs> and um, it worked and he came over and sat down next to me and we started talking and um, the rest is history so before you guys found your people Dating in Chicago was so easy. It was just like an episode of the Netflix show Easy where you have a craft beer in one hand and a hot dog in the other and you're just planting threesomes in your basement all the time. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Not basement it, attic, but yeah. Or is yeah. it nothing like Easy? Tell me tell me what it's like. Uh, for me, it was very hard. I Being a gay man in Chicago and not being white was really hard too like there's like there's like a weird like hidden racism in the gay community and uh and th- they don't call it racism they call it preference uh which is such bullshit but uh but so it was hard but i didn't meet my two ex-boyfriends on grinder which is you guys know what grinder is right it's like it's like tinder but way more fucked up uh <laughs> it's way more dangerous uh but that's the fun of it you know so, yeah, I met both of my ex-boyfriends on Grindr. The one right before this one was a sweet guy. He wasn't really... Is this a Mulan guy? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He. Th- thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he made me watch Mulan over and over again. And I was like, I'm not better than this. Okay, yeah. <laughs> 
And then the one before that was a ex-Mormon Coke dealer from Nebraska. So, you know, like, it was a step up, you know? Like, winner, winner, winner. <laughs> casual racism was a step up from that, so, yeah. When we chatted on the phone, you told me about all the creative ways guys on Grindr say no to Asian men. Oh, yeah. Um, they're, they're, like, some guys, like, tend to rhyme when they hate. Uh, uh, what was it? It was, like, vanilla or spice but I ain't into rice. <laughs> Which means like white and Latino, but no Asians, I guess. That was like the funniest one I saw. <laughs> the other ones were just... The other ones were like, no, stop. <laughs> not as creative. I came of age in the early aughts when it was like pretty trendy to fuck an Asian girl. Um, <laughs> and so, like, I think I, it's still pretty trendy. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's passed me by. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, it was, so a lot of shows would start with me being very deep in dick, but at the end of every show, there would be no one, generally because I would start talking, um, which proved to be my biggest obstacle to finding love. (laughs) (laughs) Why, why listeners, is talking our our biggest obstacle sometimes? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, you have one helping of too, one too much a helping of personality and sass, and it turned out... Yeah, I like I generally have found myself with like very small like very short Catholic boys, um, a blurred and uh one Jewish guy who's al- who I ultimately wound up with. But yeah, not that plentiful. I did make out a lot. That's so cool. Where? <laughs> <laughs> I never make out. That's like something I don't do. It's horrible in New York because you have to do it on the street because you're meeting in a public place and then you're going to get on your... Oh, a good fingering in a parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to be good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So my New York guests, Naomi and Andy, they they came up with this abbreviation, IRC. They're in an interracial couple. You guys are both in interracial couples. Mm -hmm. Correct. Where does the IRC stuff fall in the larger scheme of relationship challenges? For you guys. <laughs> well, I have a family, uh, and I'm married, so that's a whole different thing. And also, he's not, he's a Russian immigrant uh, who is Jewish, so it's like layer on layer on, especially in this political climate, another layer. Um, so, I don't know, it's about starting a family, I guess. I converted to Judaism, um, but did not change my last name, because it was enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you get so many holidays, though. I know. I get holidays. You get so many holidays. That's amazing. And I just take a holiday. Yeah. I'm I'm tired. And uh, (laughs) yeah, I I think honestly, it's more about familial traditions and stuff like that versus at least in Chicago. I don't know what it would be like to be an interracial couple in Dubuque, um, which I'd imagine would be much more difficult. Uh, Whereas now, like at the synagogue, everyone wants to be around us. You know, because like they want to really express how progressive they are. Yeah. <laughs> they're like the touchstone for progress. Yeah, they're like, oh my god, I'm so into your child. I'm, I'm like, blessed. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> my problem mostly was with uh, my mother, who does not speak English, and when she m- when she met him, there was no way to communicate. So there was a lot of like grunting and nodding yeah. and a lot of like body language. Yeah, just a lot of patting and. It's, it's fine because my mom lives in New York and we live here, so we don't have to interact that often. And when we do interact, uh, we get stupid drunk, so like, you can barely talk when you're drunk anyway, so it's like, whatever, it's fine. It works out. Yeah. Okay, so let's do some 
uh, Ajima Magic. Who, anyone have someone coming to the store? Then one of our brave lady listeners came up and plugged in her phone. She was using Bumble. I'm Amy. Hi, Amy. Hey, Amy. Hi. You tried with three guys. This is this is I awesome. Did. Yeah. They okay, were so kind of preppy and were are within two miles away. That's my other tip is bring that radius down. If you guys are trying to win the shirt contest and then thereby love, bring down the radius. Okay, yeah. so Justin is 26, tennis, yoga, skiing, museums. If you like any of those things, I'll probably like you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you like any of those things? Was yoga Paul, one of them? Yoga that? was one of them. Like can we check? Good. Yeah. He's going to like you. I yeah. can tell. Oh, did you get a response? You're getting a text from Paul? Oh, he's my friend. Okay, we won't read oh. it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yikes. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> uh, Ooh, yes. Richard. Sketch comedy. No. Pass. Uh, <laughs> hate it. Pass. Pass should, any comedians. Should anyone here date comedians? No, no. absolutely not. Then we swiped over to his last photo, and the whole room started screaming. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. He has a photo. Everyone is cheering that. for the photograph of him and President Obama shaking hands, uh, which is Wait. why I swiped right. <laughs> why isn't he oh leading with that? Why is he closing with that? He's should. a math nerd, basketball. I mean, this is like a perfect guy. I'm trying to find someone to go to Costco with me. Uh. Girl, he has a Costco membership. I know. I know. <laughs> My dream is to buy in bulk. Oh my God. We had to find a way to get this guy to the store. What could we say? Tell him, um, hey, don't know if you saw my last message, but <laughs> I'm, From five minutes I'm ago. a Kirkland girl. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully he gets that deep cut reference. That is so good. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> like, I'm in the mood for a tub of So many of people in here know about that brand. <laughs> Thank you guys for validating my obsession. Great. Hey, you got this. I, I'm excited. Thank you. So we plugged in and swiped with a few more listeners, and then we had one more stunt for the evening. At the start of the night, we'd actually grabbed three young men from the audience, men who wanted new photos for their Tinder profiles. And then our Bonobos Guide Shop team picked out suits, got them to change in the back dressing rooms, and then they came out and showed off their new looks. Oh! Oh <gasps> yeah. You look oh. amazing. They looked like the guys from the catalogs. I interviewed them one at a time. I feel wonderful. Wow. <laughs> how, do, how was the styling process? How did it go? It's good. A little different than what I'd usually pick out for myself, but I don't know. Is it good? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, how did it go? You're wearing my favorite shirt. <laughs> Boy, great. I got popsicles. I am obsessed with this shirt because it has little popsicles all over it. That's so cute. Okay, how'd it go? Did you, do you like your new outfit? I do. I feel like I'm ready to make a business deal and have brunch at the same yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> then we brought out a photographer, and Peter Kim and Unji Kim directed it like a photo shoot. They're all in some kind of jacket, mm -hmm. so like, I really love it when straight men like help each other get dressed. <laughs> okay. It's just like showing like, oh yeah, we're bros and also we're not afraid of homoeroticism. It's 2017. And, I'm, I'm, and we're leaving the door slightly ajar. Yeah. <laughs> what do we, 
It's, they happen to be in a clothing store helping yeah. each other. So yes. You're in a clothing store. Let's have, what's your name? Zach. Zach, can you take your coat off? And then, Absolutely. what's your name? Brian. 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 You're holding a drink, so just keep drinking. And like laugh. Uh, <laughs> like act like a capitalist next to them. Yeah. yeah. You're paying for it. Yeah. You're paying for this. You're paying for all of this. And then, what's your name in the back? Bobby. Bobby. Bobby, could you take uh, his coat off and then, like, yeah, don't be weird. Don't be weird don't about it. Don't make this yeah. weird. That's okay. He's you're, not touching it's, your it's penis. His, it's his wedding day, let's this say. This isn't and your yeah. penis or your butt. Yeah. It's just a coat. It's okay. just a coat. Yeah. So you're his best man, okay? You're about to go to, like, your rehearsal dinner, and your bro is just telling you, here, we should put on a jacket because you, you never know. It might get chilly tonight. And he's talking about how he's, like, so sure he's making the right decision, and you're like, yeah, man, Amy's great. Okay. The guy's got in position and acted out the scene. Here it is. Wow, thanks for the jacket, man. I heard it might get cold out later. <laughs> I have two of these at home. You won't regret it, I promise. <laughs> Amy's great, you're so lucky. <laughs> By the way, Andrea, thank you so much for this opportunity. I have been dreaming of watching men It's a good thing that Peter's sitting down. Yes. <laughs> so I feel very powerful right now. So it's time to end the show, but no one had come to claim the gift certificate. None of these guys had shown up from the internet. My last hope was my guy. So I plugged in my phone, opened up that chat window, expecting nothing. He did my back. Turns out he was at a concert that night. Iron Maiden or else he totally would have come by. And I didn't know it at that moment, but we'd go on to keep messaging. We messaged after the show ended, before my flight, while I was standing at baggage claim, during my cab ride home, we were still texting. And when I told him I lived in New York, he said, that honestly is terrible. I don't know you, but I really, really would like to. His dog passed away last year, and then he watched 154 episodes of Gilmore Girls. He asked if we could follow each other on Instagram, just to look at each other sometimes. And it's nice to see his face in my feed. Like, in addition to the fun show with the amazing guests and the good-looking listeners, Chicago gave me a proper crush, this woulda-coulda guy. I like to pretend that the two of us would fall in love if only we were swiping in the same city. All right, thank you to my guests. Thanks to Peter Kim and Unji Kim from the Ajima Podcast. Thank you to my brave volunteers. You guys look so handsome. Please return your clothing to Bonobos when you're done. <laughs> this special bonus episode is produced by me with Andrew Chug and Lindsay Cradwell. Our editor is Hillary Frank. We had a production by Kirsten Holtz for Slate. Our technical direction was done by Jason Gambrell. Our Chicago production manager was Tamika Jones. Our show features artwork from Liana Fink and logo designs by Teddy Blanks. Thank you to everyone at Panoply, including Amanda Hill, Stephanie Pollock. We had help today from Steve Allman. Thank you to CAA, the Creative Artist Agency. This event was a perfect fit for our show, only made possible by Bonobos. Thank you to our guide shop manager, Jules Park, and the whole staff here for your expert help. Please visit bonobos.com slash YOY when you get home or finish listening to this episode for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-N-O-B-O-S dot com slash YOY. Thank you.
I'm Andresa Lenzi. Our team at Panoply is busy packing up everything to go to L.A. this week. So check out our website for photos from the show, including the guys in their suits. They looked so good. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Bonobos for letting us take over their guide shops this summer. I'm having fun. Did you mention in there someplace that Fred was wearing Bonobos pants? No. I guess I should have. He had already bought, this is why I love Fred, he already owned a pair of Bonobos pants. Do you like how he looks in his Bonobos pants, Mom? Yes, because he's got a really thin build, even Mm -hmm. though he's very strong and muscular. Okay, okay. But the pants fit him very well. That's B-O-N-O-B-O-S dot com slash Y-O-Y.